I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing. Oh, no, that was actually, you were meant to say welcome yeah, to The One thanks. Thing. Sorry, <laughs> I keep taking your lines. Demarcation dispute, mate. Do you yeah, want to welcome, right. welcome us to the podcast? Thank you. This, look, this is a podcast designed to give you one solid practical thing uh, for gospel-centered ministry every single week. Now, I thought we had a very experienced ministry practitioner in you, Derek, but we've got someone even more experienced than you in <laughs> today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's episode. Yep. Yep. Look, uh, the one thing's brought to you by, uh, thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Playing Network, and you've pressed play on episode eight. You get the audience you preach for. We have in the studio today a guy that's managed to cram into his life enough ministry experience for five ministry workers, and he's not dead yet. We've still got a pulse. Uh, he's, he's more than alive. So I want to welcome uh, Al Stewart to The One Thing. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Derek. Mm. Now, Al, we've, uh, we've given you 15 minutes on The One Thing. Uh, well, I can say what I know four or five times, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a very experienced preacher. In fact, one of the, the best evangelistic uh, gospel preachers in Australia. Uh, this is uh, 15 minutes on, on, uh, on a topic. In particular, you're going to talk to us about how your preaching actually creates the audience that you want listening to you. Yeah, over time, preachers build their own audience. In other words... It might sound a little counterintuitive, but the people you preach to are the ones who'll end up in your audience, even if they're not there to start with. All right. Before we before we dig into that, we're going to ask you a few questions about that, just so people know a little bit about you. Some people might not have ever heard of our Stuart. I'm sure there are many people who have not heard of. Him. Well, we've only got three people who listen to us, so maybe <laughs> maybe one or two of them. Uh, look, uh, you've been a youth group leader, you've been a congregation leader, uh, you've been the CEO of a denominational department, you've been a bishop. We and, won't talk about that, though. Uh, and that life that was, was all right. That little, was fun, yep. Life was getting a little boring for you, and so you decided after that to help kick off a church planning network in Australia called Geneva Push and plant your own church at the same time. And now at the ripe old age of, you know, when most people are retiring and settling you know, settling into tracksuit pants and, and watching daytime television, you, you decide to become the national director of uh, City Bible Forum. I'm, I'm the chief operating officer of City Bible Forum. Um, I'm not sure what that means exactly. It means I try and help our seven city directors around the country. You can check us out on the website, by the way, City Bible Forum. And so to relax, what does Al do? To relax. Uh, I... I like to run. If you're over 50 and you like to run, uh, you find a physio you like and you start putting his kids through college. <laughs> so I found a physio, I'm putting his kids through college, and I, I run and go to the gym. I reckon we should begin. We've got lots to get through. All right. Look, uh, from your, your background, uh, when you first started preaching, uh, when did you give your first sermon? It's a funny thing. My dad, who's not a Christian, said to me in about year 10, pushed me into debating. He said, you should learn public speaking. It'll be useful in later life. Mm. So that was, yeah. Uh, I was a um, ministry trainee uh, with, with, um, at Mill Hill Road at Bondi Junction, this tiny little church. And Graham Cole, who then was a lecturer at Moore College, now is a uh, leading theologian in the USA. Uh, I preached on the Lord's Prayer in 1983. Mm. Said everything I know, and it took about eight minutes, I think. <laughs> so for a lot of us who, a lot of us are listening out there, they weren't they weren't born then. That's a long, long time ago. Uh, Al, <laughs> were you born then, Scott? No, are you that I was, old? I am that old. I think I was just born. I was just sort of you know coming out into the world by that yeah, stage. Okay. Uh, Al, can uh, can you give us your biggest beef with uh, preaching that you hear in Australian churches? Oh, biggest beef. Well, I don't think I'm the great preacher, but I've got a heart for the lost. And I think what I do, I, I end up critiquing a lot of talks for, especially young guys, 
either in Bible college or recently out of Bible college. And I just I keep hearing us preach to only Christians in church. Like we're preaching to the Christian club. And then I ask them, by the way, how many visitors do you get? And they say, oh, hardly any. I think, well, that's because you're telling people every week this is just for Christians. Mm. And we wonder why. See, what you do is you subliminally tell your congregation, don't bring your friends. This is just for Christians. And so there's a hundred different ways we send that message, even if we, we say bring your friends, but then everything we say and do says the opposite. Now, I often hear people push back on that and they say, well, every week you, you talk about the newcomer, but there's, there's no newcomers here. You know, it just seems a little bit awkward and, and we just get tired of you talking about the newcomer. What, what would you say to you know, someone in a church who, who says that to you? Well, if you preach as if half or a third of the audience aren't Christian, week by week. You don't have to say, it doesn't have to be John 3.16 tacked on the end. But if, if, if you're saying things like, now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, um, uh, give a page number or, okay, we're going to, um, Isaiah 53. Well, actually, Isaiah was like a prophet in the Old Testament about, eight. if you keep giving markers that it's okay to not be familiar with the Bible, if you keep saying, now, you may not be a follower of Jesus yet, but let, let me think through with you what that would look like. People think, you know, well, I could have bought Fred or I could have bought my dad or I could have bought my daughter or whoever. Over time, that builds, that creates a culture that you can bring your friends or colleagues who aren't Christian and they won't be embarrassed. See, every week at City Bible Forum, we're giving talks, assuming a huge percentage of the audience either not Christian and know, have never engaged with the Bible. And it's possible to speak to both audiences, Christian and not Christian, and make most of the talk relevant to both audiences. And so what do you do if people don't like that style, though? Well, I'll go somewhere else, I guess. Hmm. But the thing is, most of them don't notice Hmm. because it only takes a tiny little tweak. You know, I'm not talking about totally different talk. That is, um, as as you're looking at giving information about the Bible, you don't say, we Christians. You might, you can say, or assuming all of us are Christian, you can just say, now, for those of us who do follow Jesus, da 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 da, da X, Y, Z. Or, now, maybe you're not quite there yet, da 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 da. da. And um, can you turn to Romans 5? Oh, by the way, Romans is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul, mm. and um, he writes to the Christians in Rome. It's easy to understand. And then you bang. And now, no one notices that except the non Christian says, oh, that's what it's all about. Mm. So there's, there's markers that you can give, unfamiliarity with the Bible, not assuming a worldview, that sort of thing. Um, one of the other ones that, that might help is whenever I pass anything that has to do with history in the New Testament, or New Testament, Old Testament, and that's often, just quickly hit the nail with a hammer. Hmm. You know, like, um, oh, here's a picture of uh, Capernaum from the air. You know, this is what it looks like. This is, this is where it happened. Hmm. Or whatever, and all, of th- all, of, all of a sudden people are thinking, oh, wait a minute, this isn't Mordor or Star Wars. Mm. These guys think this really happened. We're going to give Al a breather for a moment. He's probably going to just run out and do a quick uh, set in the gym and then come back. Uh, Each week, uh, those who have been listening to the One Thing podcast will know that we jump into the One Thing toolbox. Uh, There are some great resources that you can find. Check the show notes. Uh, These are are my top three. Uh, One of the things that I think is really helpful for preachers as they think about uh, how they might get uh, better at preaching to two, or two audiences is to is to start listening to uh, to other sermons. Now, Al, I've heard you regularly talk about listening to Keller. Uh, who else would you encourage people to listen to? Uh, Tim Keller's brilliant at speaking to postmoderns, and uh, the simplicity and clarity that he speaks with is brilliant. And his tone—it's a chat with Uncle Tim. He never shouts at you. 
Uh, there's lots of different preachers with different strengths. If you want to hear someone who obviously knows God, Dwayne Olivier at North Coast Church uh, in Perth, he's a man to listen to. Um, if you want to hear someone who speaks with authority um, from the Bible, just like kind of a, whoa, um, Andrew Hurd at EV Church is well worth to listen to. And if you want a guy who really understands people, Ray Galea at the multicul- uh, MBM, Rudy Hill. Great. So there's some different models of preaching. Great. So listen to those guys. It's always it's always helpful to listen to someone else. Now, we've got a one-page sermon assessment tool. Uh, I reckon it's also helpful to get people in your own congregation to give you feedback. Uh, choose a few people. Uh, provide them with the uh, two-page sermon assessment tool that we'll put up in the show notes uh, and ask them to give you feedback. The, the final resource is a, a new book uh, that's just been released by a mate of mine, Sam Chan. It's called Evangelism in a Skeptical World. It's a great resource to thinking into uh, how do we communicate the gospel uh, to a skeptical world. Okay, back with Al. I've uh, got a few more questions to uh, dig. Can I ask, Al, before we start, how far do you run every week? Oh, I'm slowing down a bit now. I did I did 17 on Saturday. I'm trying to get ready for a half marathon. So I do a 10 on a Tuesday and then a longer run uh, on Saturday, about 25 on average probably, something like that. So what, that's 10 minutes? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you young blokes, i tell you what I can do that you can't. I can run 10Ks in under my age. <laughs> No, let's right. see you do that. Yeah, no, okay. Good, well, you must you be so that. old. <laughs> <laughs> the walker uh, gets in the way sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> as long as nothing clogs up the wheels. Uh, look, um, one of the things that um, that I preview do, of doing is working with some of the guys uh, who come through college with their preaching. Some guys just have a natural talent with stuff, a natural ability, uh, and some guys may may not have that natural ability. But you can get better, can't you? What do you how do you, is it you move from where you are to a place where you create the audience you want? Yeah, it's a very good question, mate, and I and deadly serious. Um, I, I think in many of our churches, we don't take the doctrine of gifting seriously. And so God gives some people the ability to be preachers, particularly, and others not that. And I think often we put guys who aren't gifted in that area and we make their main ministry preaching and it, it kills them and it kills churches. Mm. Uh, but everyone can get better. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed at how much young guys can improve with a regular coach, but you do need someone who can pull apart a Bible talk and then see how did they handle the Bible? How did they do communication? Like how was their communication levels? Did they read us a script, mm. right? Or did they actually talk to people? Um, and there's, and then you don't want to give a whole, you know, ten different things, but one thing at a time, get them to keep working on it, and guys can improve dramatically. But I think you can't make a two out of ten preacher into a nine out of ten, but you can make a five into a seven or a four into a six, or you, you can improve. But there are some people who are particularly gifted in that area. I, um, now everyone's got gifts. Part of the challenge is to for guys in ministry, where's the best place that they can use those gifts? Mm. Yeah. And so when we're talking to planters as well, particularly, Mm -hmm. preaching is an important part of what you do at the start. Like you are seeking to reach the lost, build a culture of evangelism, teach people the preaching to how to speak to their non-Christian friends. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the helpful things in a church plant is that you can actually grow as a preacher with your audience. I I think with a church plant, you're in your lounge room and then you're moving to a group of 50, you know, to 70, to 100. Now, that could take two or three years. Mm. Uh, Al, it, it does take a while to get into that rhythm of week in, week out preaching, but it also 
it, it does take time to work out how to grow to be able to preach to over 150, 200 people where you actually don't have a connection you know, with the person yes. in the pew. Yes. Um, not, not everyone can speak to those larger, larger groups. Um, when your church plan starts and you know people, relationally, um, you know, you mightn't be John Piper, but they'll think, oh, he's a great guy. You know, that was good, and they'll kind of compensate that way. Mm. But there's kind of a ceiling for the level of giftedness. Um, there's a reason Andrew Heard can preach to five or 600 at EV week by week. He's particularly gifted in it. Um, and so now that where you do notice with coaching, with coaching, it makes a big difference, um, uh, but also preparation time. So I reckon I can write a talk now in one third the time when I left college. You just learn to, you know, you're quicker with commentaries, you, you're quicker with the, there's the science and the art, as I'd call it. The science is you do your translations, you work out the structure of the text, you read the commentaries, you know what that says, you kind of work out an outline. Then the art is, is turning that outline into a body, into a talk. You, you just get much quicker at both of those over time. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. So, Al, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to creating your audience? When you're thinking about how to take this part of the Bible and give it to people, I think you need to imagine what if a third of the audience weren't believers? How would I take this to them, make this concrete and applicable to them? Not talk down to them, but assume they're intelligent, uninformed. How do I get them to walk towards Jesus? Yeah, that's that's good. Look, if you want to hear more from Al on this subject, we do have some stuff on the Geneva Push uh, website. Uh, there's a good talk from you and Andrew Heard actually on Worldview Preaching on there and a Q&A session you guys, you guys did from Multiply a few years ago. So we'll put links to that in the show notes. Uh, so genevapush.com slash resources, uh, you'll find about 3,000. 3,000 Australian 3, Australian resources. There you Derek. go. Uh, for church planning. And there's, there's quite a few uh, Bible talks as well from our students. His stuff on... Um, on uh, on on judges, I think is in there. It's excellent, mm. and you uh, talk talks on uh, spiritual gifting as well. Yep, it talks from it's on City Bible Forum. Uh, City well. Bible Forum uh, website. Yeah, a whole lot of stuff where you hear me trying to talk to to both audiences at once. Yep, yep, excellent. All right, thanks for joining us, Al, um, and uh, thanks for joining us on the next this next last episode of the One Thing. Coming up in our next don't episode. Be, don't be afraid to invite others to subscribe either. Don't be afraid to, you know, encourage me other people or to listen. Well, just me. your friends. So it'd be good oh. to get Jackie to listen. I've, I've got all my four girls listening. Yeah. We've got to get those numbers up. Yep. All right. Uh, next time we get together, we've got 15 golden minutes on apprenticeships. How do you train up the next generation of ministry workers? Yep. And who better to give us the good oil than uh, the executive director of the ministry training strategy, Ben Farlett. I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.